Welcome back to the Woman of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to talk all things Marvel and more. Judy Stevens, producer here, with episode 74. A few weeks ago, I had the great opportunity to sit down with the ladies of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a three-part series of podcasts. We'll be kicking off the series today with Chloe Bennett and Elizabeth Henstridge in time for the mid-season finale on Tuesday, December 8th, and the returning with the final two podcasts in 2016. With no further ado, here's Chloe Bennett. Welcome to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to talk all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Stevens, producer, and I am live on the S.H.I.E.L.D. set right now, and I am bringing you a fellow S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Whoa, hey guys, it's Chloe Bennett. Yay. <laughs> so, um, I'm actually really excited to finally be on set and, and grab all you Have amazing ladies. Have you seen ladies. a lot of the sets yet? Um, I was here a couple weeks ago, and I okay. watched you guys film a scene right, right, yeah, in, the new, in the new plane. That is a cool plane. It is a very cool plane. It's a really cool plane. After hour 14 of shooting, it's not the coolest plane, <laughs> but it's still a pretty cool plane. I, you know, like in, in the East Coast, we don't have, we don't have lots and we don't yeah. have sets. Right. So like walking on, like into like the headquarters and then like walking into the lab and I was like, oh, this is so cool. The detail is pretty insane. I mean, they do not mess around. I mean, there will be everything. I mean, there's food in the fridge and you're like, the fridge isn't on, guys. Like, like, but you should maybe take the real food out. And so, if you ever do go into the Shield Kitchen, fun fact is that it stinks over there because the food the is not as refrigerated. No. Yeah, I, I will say the smells are pretty realistic when They're you like real. the bricks, like the yeah. smell of the hallway. Yeah, I know it's real bright. Yeah, it's it's pretty. It's it's it doesn't it makes it easier. It makes our jobs easier. They're like anything we can do to make those actors better. <laughs> so we're we're on we're in season three. Yeah, you have uh, been on this wild ride. Uh, yeah. But what's really amazing about season three is you have a new costume. You have a new suit. Yeah, it's pretty. It's it's crazy to think that I was cast as this uh, as a computer hacker who lived in my van, and now uh, only three years later, I'm um, you know the one. I think I was one of the first females to have powers in the in the universe. I think um, I think it came out before Scarlet Witch, so I'm gonna say the first one female who did have powers because I think I. Whatever, it's not going to logistics. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty crazy to to be the you know to be like a full blown superhero now, which is insane. I have a new costume, which Anne Foley, our wonderful costume designer, pulled out of her B U T T really um, last minute, um, and uh, it's crazy. I mean, it's really cool. I will say, don't know why lots of superheroes wear really tight outfits because they're not <laughs> very convenient. <laughs> to do movement in um but they look awesome well i mean as a cosplayer myself i assure you using the bathroom yeah putting your phone somewhere anywhere i luckily i have that utility belt so my phone does go there and, and there'll be there, there will be scenes where like your phone is just right in your pocket in your belt but next to your gun i'm like great thanks um <laughs> but yeah when you're in them for 14 hours and you have to like roll around and do stunts in them it's they, they are they are very tight so it is it is interesting but um, it's fun. Yeah. Do you think that like having a costume makes your like makes the idea of like you having powers and all this stuff more believable? Or absolutely, I think I don't know if it's me having powers, but it's definitely me. Um, it, it it makes me 
as the character take things a little bit more seriously. I think in, in, in Sky's nature, which, you know, when I first got cast, she was a very um, charismatic, uh, dealt with a lot of situations with sarcasm. And um, she was, she's more of a funny, easygoing person who... I mean, the reason people liked her in the beginning was because she called out all the ridiculousness of S.H.I.E.L.D. And now she's in the heart of it. I mean, she is the one with powers and she's the one, you know, we're talking about portals and aliens and inhumans. And she's right there in the middle of everything. So um, I think it helps me take everything a bit more seriously, if that makes sense, as the character and probably as Chloe. Cause <laughs> yes, I mean, aliens is pretty I like within the Marvel universe aliens is always like the one thing that requires a little bit more yeah like level of of belief yeah to like to to cross that line yeah it's definitely different you know she when Simmons went to another planet that opens a whole other world of um it opens up the show a lot more because it's now not just about the shield agents it's it's about other things um happening there's a bigger worlds more worlds have you know in this storyline so um it's been interesting when you were first cast did you have any idea like what was down the pipeline no idea like i didn't i was like i can pay my rent this is great <laughs> i actually um auditioned for simmons first which a lot of people yeah. don't know um were you I, gonna do a british accent no there wasn't it wasn't it just happens to be amazing <laughs> but they um they, yeah i did the simmons audition out of my hotel in nashville because i was shooting on nashville and i did the audition and they were clearly like well she's not a biochemist so she cannot pull that off um let's try her for this person and then um seven auditions later i got the part i actually just read my i just pulled out a journal um when i got the part and it said december 13th at 3:55 p.m. is when i got the call for um to get the the character and i was like i'm crying and i was like writing it in my journal as i did it it was pretty exciting but it's um it's been a it's been a really wild ride it's been really crazy to be a part of the um i think especially now with supergirl and with jessica jones out the this the female superhero is incredibly relevant and incredibly um uh it, it's really cool to be a part of that wave of the first, you know, badass women. But what I don't what I what, what's been interesting is I, I, I get these interviews a lot and people say, um, you know, what's it like being so badass? You get to kick ass. You know, what's the, and I was I don't I don't understand why badass necessarily means that you have more um, masculine qualities. And I feel like that's a lot of people have been equating being badass to being more, you know, to to kicking ass the way men do. But I think the the most badass person on the show is actually Simmons. Um, I think she's so um, her her emotional intelligence is so um, interesting to me, and she um, she's so incredibly smart, and she's able to figure things out in other ways. And it has nothing to do with having more. Um, so-called masculine qualities, and I think that's really interesting. And it's also an interesting topic. You know, people go, well, what's it like to play such a strong female character? And then I, I go, I don't know. What, what's it? Ask Clark what it's like to play such a strong male character. <laughs> you wouldn't. No. And I think that's, like, one of the things that, like, reporters and people are sort of, like, that hurdle of understanding, like, yeah. You know, what is it like to write a woman? Mm -hmm. But everyone always says, don't write me as a woman. Write, write the me, character. Write the character, and I'll bring my feminine mm -hmm. attributes to it. Or my non-feminine attributes, yeah. whatever, whoever I am, and whatever I think that character should be. And Exactly. And I, it's it's an interesting line. Um, 
because you want to acknowledge that there are being more dynamic women characters um, on TV now and that that's becoming more popular and relevant and obvious and just the norm, which is what it should be. But then you almost don't want to bring it up because you're like, we shouldn't bring I don't know whether or not it is, you know, if we should bring it up or not, because it's, I don't want to draw more attention to it like it should like it's special. Yeah. You know, because it shouldn't be. It should just be the norm. It shouldn't yeah. be something that's so. Does that make any sense? Yes. Yeah. Totally. I mean, yeah. the, the the main point of why I really wanted to start this podcast is that we yeah. every year at Comic Con we'd have this panel. Yeah. And all these women would show up, and men like the room is 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 not just a room full of women. It's a yeah. room full of comic fans. We talk about what we did here, mm-hmm. and I think that's why I've sort of pushed this podcast along with my fellow um, co-hosts Sana, Emily, and Adri. We want to just talk about how there are women working in the industry, mm-hmm. and they've always been women working in the industry, and it's not like suddenly there are more like there are suddenly more people working we've always been working we've just never had an opportunity to, to have a voice right and now we have a voice and yeah. i think that's you know like whenever i'm on set there is as many women working yeah. in the background and in the foreground um, oh, our showrunner marissa tantron you know and it's great and that of you know you know it's it's kind of it's a the topics I feel like go hand in hand, ethnic women as well. You know, I'm half Chinese. And the fact that when I first started my career, just just five years ago, I got the reason I, my last name is actually Wong. And the reason I changed my last name is because almost every audition I went on, they said I wasn't Asian enough to be the best friend, but I wasn't white enough to be the lead. And that is actual, that is actual quotes that people have said to me multiple times. And I was so sick of hearing that because I go, I don't understand why that even matters. I don't understand why that matters. First off, I don't, I I shouldn't be cast because I'm, I'm because of anything. I should be cast because I'm right for the part. Yeah. Everyone should be, not because they're white or not because they're certain color, because whatever, it should be, you know the character and I think you know Marissa that's something I loved about the character when I did test for the for the when the last seven girls they were so diverse and so unique and I don't I don't think it had anything to do with that I think it just everyone was right for the part and so um uh yeah it's been interesting to take this journey and, and really grow as a woman on set because I was 20 when I got cast and I'm 23 now and um it's been interesting to to you know to experience um growing up as a woman on a show surrounded by such powerful women like Marissa and Anne Foley and Ming-Na Wen and Elizabeth Henstridge. And it's just been so incredible to, you know, to grow like that amongst these incredible women. And it's really rare on a TV show to have that surroundings and that environment. Yeah. Yeah. And when I was here uh, a few weeks ago, I remember Jeffrey saying, like, oh, we have like the most women uh, like we have like fifty percent of the women within the Marvels, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, we do. I just realized that. Yeah. yeah, and and we the women do a lot of the work here on the show. Like <laughs> you know, like last season, I think most the majority of the fight scenes were all women, and I loved that that was just standard. Like, and no one talks about it on the show. It's just like the women you send in the women to go kick kick these guys' asses, and I think that's so awesome. And it's you know. Everyone's so good at what they do on the show, but also everyone brings such, uh, they make sure the writers make sure that the characters are so dynamic and they, they're so layered. And, um, you know, something I wanted to make sure that I brought attention to this season is 
that Sky is a soldier this year, and she's really um, she's been through. You know, you know when your dad's a monster and your mom tries to kill you, things happen to you <laughs> inside. You feel things. Um, so she's a, she's a little bit harder. I would think she's a, she's a little bit more um, serious, and and she the stakes are higher for her. But I never wanted that to mean that she wasn't as empathetic or emotional, and I wanted to her to keep that. Um, because I've had, there have been a couple directors who've come on, and you know the notes are always you have to be less emotional about this. You have you're a soldier. You have to have less empathy towards this person. I'm like I don't, and it's been something I've really stuck um, put my foot down on because I just wanted to make sure that you can be a soldier and be incredibly feminine at the same time. You can be incredibly um, empathetic towards people, or you can be you know you can still feel things, but also be strong, which yeah. some people so mistake all the time for. Well, I think that like the idea of, of a soldier or war or whatever, everyone thinks that no one has uh, feelings or emotions. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why it's taken so long for the idea of PTSD mm-hmm. to become a regular conversation. I mean, people coming back from World War One, I, I mean, had, oh, yeah. I mean, even before that, but like having these problems and and now it's like something that's a it's a like it's a conversation and it's also a part of like parts of the pieces of the show too oh and and we touched on that and i think that's great and i think that's what makes our uh, show definitely stick out and it is it's so relevant and people are now which is why it's exciting to be in this business now and to be getting to do podcasts like this because we can talk about it because people haven't before and so you know it's it's um it's a. It's definitely interesting to be a part of that conversation on like a pop culture level, and that is a great part of Marvel is that we are able to have these conversations and speak openly about it, which is cool. Yeah, I like. I I always want this podcast to be something that like we can just have a conversation with. Yeah, I think that that like I um I actually interviewed Stephanie Meselansky, who's mm-hmm. the costume designer for. Uh, uh, Daredevil season one and Jessica Jones and wow. she, she came in being like all nervous and I yeah. was like no it's just a bunch of ladies in a room we're, we're just, just gonna talking. have a conversation yeah and if you need to if you need to stop and start again you can totally do that yeah like, there's no there's no pressure I make up words on this podcast this Great. Is- I'll make one up right now the the snobbling crap there you go you know what you should add you should okay. My famous word that I use is "hacious." Hacious. I meant it's to say heinous, heinous. But, but hacious. You should add this to your vocabulary. By the way, that sounds like a real word. One, because it is, because <laughs> you made it, um, and it, it works. That's hacious. Sexism is hacious. Does that work? That works. Okay, great. I'm really hoping that every oh my the viewers are like Judy. Stop trying to make up words. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're getting on to something, though. I, I like it, though. Yeah, we should. I mean, the, Eng- the English vocabulary is always evolving and changing. Bootylicious is in the dictionary. Yeah. And hashtag. Hashtag. And now they're calling lol. the pound key the hashtag. Isn't key. lol? Lol, in- yeah. Well, by the way, one of the most embarrassing things is the other day I said lol. <laughs> I said it, and then I, I caught myself, and I was like, I need to go into my room now and just give myself a timeout for saying lol out loud. So that's where we are now. <laughs> I mean, I, t- I totally say like hashtag like I do, but I, there's always a sense of sarcasm underneath it. But I think sometimes there's not. You know? <laughs> I'm always kind of there's a little bit of irony, but maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of Jane the Virgin and they do the hashtag thing like on screen. And I'm like, yes, please. Yes. Please make like, that part of like, yes, everything we do. I want people probably have hashtag tattoos at this point. No, uh, maybe that's too far. Do you think they do? Like you get Probably. married, you're like hashtag blah blah blah. 
like together names on on my back you know i mean as long as they understand that a tattoo is permanent <laughs> a tattoo is more forever than a diamond is it forever it really is because you can just lose a diamond yeah and it's not forever anymore <laughs> for you for someone else it's great yeah i'm glad we talked about that though yes. hashtags very relevant it's totally relevant <laughs> well i think i have a few more minutes before you're whisked away but the question i always like to ask people is what do you geek out for what is the thing that you Homeland. watch or love doing or i geek out for my favorite things to do are to cook and then with my my boyfriend and my dogs I don't like to cook my dogs because they're my pets. <laughs> God, I hope that. <laughs> I like them to be present while I'm doing it. Um, and then to watch, like, you know, TV. I love, I love, I'm such a homebody. You know, there's a lot of young actors these days who are like, let's go out and go crazy. And I'm like, let's cook food and watch Netflix and go crazy. You know, I would much rather be at home. Um, I love Homeland. I'm a huge Homeland fan. I really love uh, Carrie Matheson. Um I think she's, I think her character's so interesting and I somewhat feel, I feel, I, re, I can somehow relate to her, which may make me a bit crazy, but that's fine. Um, I just started watching Narcos, which Juan Pablo, who's on our show, but, um, who plays Joey, is on. Um, but I'm just a huge TV nerd. Like, I love cooking shows and I love HGTV and I need, I probably need more friends. Like, mostly I hang out with, like, Elizabeth and Ian and um <laughs> i think i think that's like i think in 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 2015 2016 the era of like having thousands of friends is something that's maybe not necessary yeah well you can i can catch up with my friends like i see what they're doing on instagram that's not great no but i mean last night i was with dominic and haley um haley atwell and dominic cooper they were over and playing with my dogs and just drinking wine that was fun you know i like having people at my house like kind of maybe i'm just lazy i just don't like leaving my house very much Maybe I'm just like, That's, you know. There's, still a, there's nothing wrong is with there that. Is there something wrong? Yeah. There's nothing wrong. Well, when you live in the Marvel Universe, it is, uh, and you're shooting all day and running around with, with you know, inhumans and um, people are dying and and uh, you're on different planets and, you know, all the normal stuff we do. For, you, the weekend comes and you're like, I'm going to Netflix and chill right now. <laughs> it's just, you want to relax, you know. But I do um, actually... I need to catch up on all the Marvel shows, but it's one of those things where it's almost like you don't want to, I get home from being in Marvel land and I don't want to yeah. be in Marvel land when I get home. Well, like <laughs> also like Daredevil is so depressing. Yeah. I, I, I've heard that it's really <laughs> I mean, like, it's so amazing, but it's so like, it's heavy. It's really, heavy. yeah. It's not a show you can be like, I'm going to go home and watch this. And like then and two hours later, chill. you're like crying. Yeah, like, not that like Homeland isn't heavy, but it's not Marvel for some reason. Yeah, so it makes it eat. like I know Daisy isn't somewhere doing something at that moment. Yeah. I don't know. I, I stress about my are the characters <laughs> where you, where you are at any given point. You're like, where? What if I have to go to Hell's Kitchen tomorrow? I know what's happening. <laughs> How I don't know. Like if this is happening, why are we not doing something about it? Like I I I put myself in the position that I get kind of stretched, which which just doesn't make any sense. Um, but maybe I just go method. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I geek out about just hanging out with my friends and, and watching TV and cooking and, and Homeland and Walking Dead. 
Mm. Yeah. That's also a heavy show. You just like heavy shows. Well, my boyfriend's on that show, so I definitely have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love the show, babe. Thanks. Do you watch it with him awkwardly, while, or does he just not like? Um, I do. We watch it. We, we watch, like, both of our shows with each other, which is um, cool. Like, we, we, you know, but also, but we also run lines with each other, so we'll be like, oh, that's how that scene turned out. I was like, oh, that's how you said that line. You're like, well, what does that mean? Do you not like how I said that? You know, <laughs> the actor, the actor problem of watching your show. I mean, we have other friends who are on lots of like sci-fi shows as well. So it's kind of funny to it's also funny to see the, how the scenes turn out after all the special effects or the zombies are added or that kind of thing. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. I always wonder, like, if people watch their stuff because some people can't like watch at all. Ian doesn't watch any of the show. Ian has only seen a couple episodes. But um, uh, I do watch, I do watch because a lot of the stuff that we do has um, power, like has so much special effects. I don't know what's happening. And now the season is so separated where so many people have different storylines and I just want to see what those characters yeah. are up to. That makes sense. Because it's hard to visualize as much when you're reading the script. So um, uh, yeah, I do watch and I just love to watch myself. I'm just kidding. I don't at all. I hate it. But uh. <laughs> Well, you can watch Chloe on Tuesdays on ABC. Make sure you yes. catch up on all the episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Where can people find you on Twitter or Facebook? Um, what's my Twitter? Chloe Bennett 4, the number 4, because apparently there's three other Chloe Bennett's. And, um, and then my Instagram is just Chloe Bennett. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you. That was Yay. fun. And I love your purple hair. I'm just going to have to. For everyone who doesn't know, she is purple. <laughs> I got to give you a lowdown on what she's wearing. She has awesome purple hair, <laughs> awesome blue eyeshadow that's like incredible, and purple lipstick. It's amazing. Everyone be jealous because I'm just wearing black clothes. <laughs> okay. That's very New York of you. Well, <laughs> we will check you guys later. This is Marvel, your universe. Now, part two of this double podcast with Elizabeth Henstridge. Welcome to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to talk all things Marvel and more. I have another S.H.I.E.L.D. agent with us, so why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Elizabeth Henstridge, and I play Agent Gemma Simmons on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, that's, that was smooth. Wasn't it? Dread to think how many times I've said that. Probably a lot. <laughs> well, so the, the, the first thing I want to talk to you about is science. So the last time you were in New York, you were doing this amazing panel about um, women in the media uh, representing science. And what I think that that is so amazing is that one of the most badass women on the TV show is not only are you a badass because you're a great character, but also because you represent the, the female in, in science industry. Like, when you first, you know, auditioned for this part, did you understand sort of, like, the significance of what that would mean? Um, I don't think I understood the significance until I started meeting uh, people that watched the show that were really appreciative of that, um, particularly girls um, that that have Gemma as a role model. I don't think I understood the impact that that could have. Um, but certainly what attracted me to the role in the first place and what made me really want to get to play her is that she is so intelligent and she doesn't apologize for it. She's strong and she doesn't apologize for that. And that there's never any, you know, no one ever makes fun of her that she's not very good at 
the fighting or the com- <laughs> you know the combat type stuff and she has definitely got better but it was never there was never any teasing or everybody is celebrated in the show for their skills and that's what makes us such a great team is that everybody brings something different um so uh that the science part of it definitely attracted me to the role and i have very strong women in my life that are very involved in science um and science is a way to help other people so i've always respected people um that have been in that industry and then i understand the significance more now having met uh fans of the show yeah and I, what also I think is great is that you're a scientist, but not in this like cookie cutter box role of what right. female scientists sometimes are portrayed on on Hollywood. You're you're who you are, and you're this great character, but then you just happen to be a scientist. Totally. You just happen to be yeah. this incredibly intelligent yeah. like woman. So well, so is Bobby Morse. I mean, she's she's took over for Simmons when uh, Simmons was away. On the planet, we can say that now, right? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's been aired. Right. Yes. Uh, that's, that's <laughs> God, I'm so scared. I like how you were like, away. <laughs> um, and that's something that is only touched upon every now and again, but obviously in the comics, that's very, um, you know, that's prevalent and has kind of been um, written about and things. But yeah, Bobby Morse is mega in the lab too. So, And your character, like Simmons, is now taking a step out of i mean thanks to this crazy alien planet that you were stuck on for a long period of time but yeah you know the the writers are taking simmons out of the lab and making her a force to be reckoned with not just in the lab but in the real world yeah yeah that was an amazing amazing journey to go on with the character and and really everyone it was the most collaborative episode or project i've ever filmed been involved with anything it was it really was such a team effort and um you know then we see her become much more physical but through uh science you know through her intelligence and figuring stuff out she realized what she needed to do physically and what would work and what wouldn't so you know what i was so impressed with reading the episode with that it was true to her it would have been easier for them to potentially take you know melinda may and put her on a planet and just feel like she would be totally fine and she's kind of trained <laughs> for that but for them to figure out a way that simmons was going to survive whilst being true to all her characteristics i mean that's just that was awesome to me and um yeah that was uh, by a long way the best thing i've ever done and the show was so like usually she'll sort of goes webs in and out of all the different characters but that show was so predominantly you you know was that how much more did you have to prepare to have so many more lines so many more lines (laughs) um I approached it in the same way I always start with the script and I always break that down and figure out where my characters are what they're doing and um where where you have to get to and um so it was the same it was just everything was magnified it was just a lot more um and you know from a directing point of view or a writing point of view you don't have those same tricks to cut away to you don't have the big fight scene you don't have the car uh, chase and so there was a there was it, it was a working progress while we were filming it and we no, no none of us really knew if it was going to work until 
it was too late. You know? <laughs> so it was this real it sense had to of, work. gosh, we're just in this together and we'll, we'll see. And I think it's a testament to everyone involved that people took that risk and people seem to have enjoyed it. And um, I hope that we get to do more episodes like that. I think it was definitely a unique sort of take on, like, you know, there's been so many, there's been 50 episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And this one was so interesting and unique and the special effects and all these different things. And uh, I, I hope to see more of those because yeah, they're, you know. Yeah, me too. And I think that that's, you know, with now that you're in your season three, you can take more risks and things yes. like that. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Season three, because that's just so crazy. I can't believe it. I was just thinking about that today. I can't believe how many episodes we've done, how many characters we've got to introduce. And not. it's just crazy that none of our characters, the main six that started, well, I guess obviously not Coulson, but the five that weren't Coulson were just new characters born out of the imagination yeah. of Jed, Joss, and Marissa. And to now... You know, it's hard to imagine the Marvel Universe without them. And that's just such a wonderful feeling. I remember being at the Comic-Con panel where you guys all got introduced. God. And I remember each person who came out and you guys just lower looked. You were like, oh, my God. We could not believe it. <laughs> I should have peeked around the corner before because the amount of people that were there was just flabbergasted. And then seeing their reaction to Clark, Greg, and then seeing their reaction to Joss Whedon was just, it was a joy to watch that interaction because, it, I, I mean, I've just never known anything like it. They have so much love and respect and it's, you know, reciprocated and just... I mean, watching Just come out was like a god. A god had come down from heaven. And they, everybody was just so excited. It was electric. My body was on fire for like the next two days with just all the emotions going through. I think that's sort of what makes what we do with our jobs. Because, you know, some days we're in, you know, you're in a studio lot doing the same scene over and over again. And I'm right. stuck in a room. Yeah. You know, that when we get to go to Comic-Con or these panels and events, we get to meet the fans yeah and it's it's those moments where you're like oh like oh gosh it makes so a difference important yeah 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 man it makes a difference to we're changed by those events too we're changed by that interaction it makes us better at our jobs and also just like you say you're part of something bigger there's just something about marvel where everybody that works for them it, it's like we've all drunk some kind of kool-aid that just makes us realize this is we are making a difference and it's really it's a really special thing and especially in the entertainment industry or I guess you know being from what I know of being an actor in the industry it's never like that people never have that experience you never like the people that you work for (laughs) you know it's not that you don't you don't always get that sense that the big guy the big production company is actually a goodie and that they yeah. it's it's so it's so it's, a, it's it's crazy amazing to work with in such a supportive um and just like creatively limitless yeah. environment when i first started working for marvel i was an intern it was 2006 wow. and i had to explain to people what Marvel Comics was. Like, it was like, you couldn't say the word Marvel without the word comics. You had to be like, and then you had to go Spider-Man. Like, that was like the, my, and then Iron Man 1 came out. But then it was, it still wasn't, it wasn't like what it, I never would have thought that when I first went in for my interview that I would be sitting, 10 years later I'd be sitting. Yeah. Like, here 
on on this amazing show, like getting to watch you guys film things, just like everything is kind of amazing. And and I think that that and also like as I think Marvel has evolved and how yeah. all like not just the comics and not just you know Marvel Studios and Marvel TV, but it's evolved in such a way that it lets the people who are running the shows do what they need to do. And I, yeah. I talked to Mo and the writers earlier, yeah. and you know they talk about how like their writing room is so fun and everyone yeah. loves everyone. And 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 I think that that is one of the elements that makes why when they write these shows and why they write these powerful women, they they come in with they're like we're gonna write a character and they're just gonna happen to be a woman. Yeah, and I think that's what's great. Totally. Yeah, it is great. Everybody, ha- I'm surprised that anybody gets anything done because whenever I'm in the writer's room, they're always falling about laughing and I just want to <laughs> stay longer just to kind of soak up, the, soak up the positivity that goes on in there. But you're right, and I think it's a trickle-down thing when you feel like you have... I, I mean, I remember getting asked the question when we, when we were at that first Comic-Con, how I was feeling and was I nervous and petrified and all these different adjectives that made me want to crawl <laughs> underneath my chair... But I and I but I wasn't because we just had such a wealth of knowledge around us and we were so well supported and protected that it was just like we were in the best roller coaster ride ever, but you knew that you weren't gonna fall out and everything was gonna be fine. Um and that's just allowed and and to feel supported but not caged is something also that is obviously very important and that's certainly how I feel and how the kind of the senses on set that we we get to do this and that's amazing yeah and and you guys get to do this amazing thing and then bring it to all these fans out there who are are waiting with bedded breath each week to yeah. what's going to happen who have also by the way been phenomenal i have never got anything mean and i don't I don't go looking for mean stuff, so that could be part of it. But right from the beginning, before anything had been shown, it was this very welcoming, you're now in the Marvel Universe and come along, it's so much fun. And it was never like, there was never suspicion or don't don't mess this up or anything. It was very, it was just all very positive. And I was kind of surprised by that. Which I think I our fans been. are very great and oh, very. Oh God, the best! I think that you know, obviously, you know, you always hear about the ones who have the loudest voice are always the ones with the most criticism, mm-hmm. and it is it can be very hard for like Adri, who's our social media manager, like seeing every day what Twitter spits up, right? Of and I, that can be very you know hurtful, but I think it's every once in a while you get these great emails or these great tweets yeah. from the people that really who really make the difference, mm-hmm. really like. You know, you read it and like we always ask people to like write to us on the podcast, like if they have questions or suggestions, everyone's well someone will write and be like, We just love your podcast. And I'm like, Aww, Oh, that makes everything so much better. Yeah. Especially considering like we're just in a room with no windows talking to each other. <laughs> I I don't understand how people can listen to me talk. It's so strange, isn't it? <laughs> no, I think it's a great podcast. And it's good to get the constructive criticism as well. Of course, absolutely you want people to be honest. But it is also really nice to get those, hey, doing a great job. That's what, why Twitch is so amazing, is that it doesn't really take much. You don't have to write a whole letter and then put it in the mailbox and then send it through the post. You can just be like a, 
favorite. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> and you don't have to get your letters and then sign your picture of you and mail it back out. I think about those like when I was when I was really into uh, uh, into the Teen Mutant Ninja Turtles. There was like a thing you could like mail in your like thank you letter or whatever, and then they would like mail you back like a signed picture of them Aww. or whatever. Um, that is not a thing. Now it's just one. Where can we take a selfie? Right. Exactly. We still get those and we still send them out. But yes, it's predominantly more interactive which i think is great yeah and you can make you know someone's day if someone tweets at you and you respond to them there's like a moment that 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 moment can be so much more essential and such a sh- and also it makes it almost seems like twitter and, and instagram and all these things make you a little bit more attainable make you a little bit more real yeah absolutely which it should i mean it should and uh, listen social media is you know, it it can be positive, but it can get negative very quickly. So you obviously have to protect yourself, and everybody should protect themselves on there. But when it works, it's wonderful. Yeah. And it is something that, you know, our show wouldn't be the show it is without that. Agreed. Well, it's sort of switching spectrums, or I'm not sure that's the word. I've already said that I make up words in this podcast, but... Um, I'm going with it. Spectrums, okay. yeah. yeah. Sounds very scientific. There we go. Yes, that's right. You're the scientist. You, you claimed it. Yes. Uh, did you always want to be an actress? Is this like a thing you always... You were like, your dream was to do this. Yeah, I... Yes. I think it took me a while to admit that I just kept doing every kind of exam and and majoring in drama and then going to college to do it and then just to I really wanted to make sure that it wasn't just the theater I loved and I was acting I wanted to do and so I kind of learned the history and a bunch of different things around danced around the subject for a while and then decided no this is definitely one I wanted to do so then went to train um purely in acting uh and then came out and thought, oh, my gosh, what have I done? How am I going to survive? I had a million different jobs. And then you just go from there. You just figure it out. Um, but I did all the exams to do medicine at college. And my mom is a doctor, and it's kind of the family business. And so that was a real – that was the crunch time. That was when I made my decision without really realizing I'd made it kind of thing, when I decided, no, I'm going to go and read drama and theater arts rather than medicine. And I'm so glad I didn't. It was the right thing to do. But I think it's such a difficult... I mean, when you're in England, you decide all this at 17 and then you go to college at 18. And it's such a hard... It's it's such a hard time because how do you decide what you want to do for the rest of your life when you're 17, 18? Yeah. I still don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life. And I think, you know, you just have to take one step at a time. And if you make the wrong move, then they're easily correctable and... A year at that age seems like so long, but it's not. And so I guess my advice to anyone going through those when you have to choose your subjects you read and everything is just to go with your instincts and, you know, there are no wrong steps, I don't think, as long as you're moving forward. Um, So, yeah, I think I did always want to do it, but I never... I still can't believe I'm doing it, honestly. I was having this conversation (laughs) a couple hours ago. I still just can't believe that I get to do this. And it's it's a privilege, especially in this town. I know so many amazing people that aren't acting right now just because, you know, everything has to align for you to get the gig. And then it, it's like anything in entertainment. You don't necessarily have the job security, but when you get the job, <laughs> yeah, it's the best thing ever. 
And it's, you know, it's not like if you want to be a graphic designer and you're you're looking for that perfect job, like the job is also like what is your resume and what are your skill sets? But in acting, it's also like do you fit this character? Yeah. And I think that that is so much like another level of pressure that you really must have like the thickest backbone, like the thickest skin to 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 survive out here and to 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 go to audition after audition after audition. And then, you know, when you are lucky and you have this amazing moment, you're like, oh, maybe it's like a deep breath. You're oh, like, for sure. When you get the job, it feels so easy. And you just go, why didn't I get every job I've ever been out for? And it happens when you're ready, I think, in some some ways. But you you do. It's like anything. You just get better. You get better at getting the rejection. And you can't take it personally because... I've been on the other side of when different people come in that might be joining the show and you have what you call a chemistry test and everybody that comes into the room is brilliant, but one but there's only one person that can get it. And as soon as you kind of realize that, you know, it's really just, are you, is it a right fit for everybody? <gasps> Someone's playing guitar. Oh. Gosh, I was like, "How are you doing that?" <laughs> Woo, the magic through the through the the door of the room with no windows. Yeah, this is a true Marvel standard of a room with no windows. I'd like to state. I know. I've never really noticed. This is where auditions are held in here. This makes me a bit nervous just being in here. Is this where you had your audition? Um, I didn't. We didn't have <gasps> Marissa. <laughs> is that you on the guitar? No. Oh, it's <laughs> really nice. <laughs> Uh, uh, oh gosh, I love, they're my bosses. Can you believe it? I know. They're just the best. I God, they're the best. Yeah, I think that that's sort of you know, um, like being on set and sort of watching people interact, and also like or just sitting in Jeffrey Colo's office, just like watching people come in and hear everyone talk. Is that this place is very similar to like the Marvel New York City office, but oh, we're just a cool. big family. Yeah. You guys just happen to do something that I personally think is cooler. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I've been to your office. It is insane. I love it there. But it, it's that sense of like, we are all a family and we everybody is here to make the best show possible for the best fans in the world. And really, that is what it comes down to. And so egos can be taken out. Any of the... And by the way, egos only come when there's insecurity. And we have the best, the best bosses that make us all feel so special and, and like we can go to them if we have any problems. And, you know, and it just creates such a lovely environment. And this is the first thing I've really done over here that's certainly that's been, you know, lasted this long on a full TV show that people say to me, at least once a week, you know how lucky you are, right? You know that this is, you know, the crews will be like, have a great weekend and we'll all be hugging and everyone will be hugging everybody else. And then someone will go, this is, this isn't always how it is on set, just so you know. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know, I know. And and we do know, but I don't think we know, no, until we'll go and do something else and realize, oh my gosh. But we do, everybody, everybody just has such a great time. And there's definitely hard days, of course, with any job there are, but it's it's worth it yeah agreed agree I mean, yeah <laughs> well um i think it was all what i mean i'm sure i have tons more to talk to you oh, about thank you um one last question yes 
What is the thing that you keep? Oh God, I'm nervous. Duh, duh, duh. Really it's, it's not that hard of a question. <laughs> like, oh, Although no. I know I keep on like throwing people for a loop because they're expecting like all these shield questions, and then I'm like, "What do you geek out for? <laughs> what is the thing that you love? Is it food? Is it cooking? Is it travel? Is it oh, a TV show? I hear you. I'm obsessed with HGTV at the moment. Anything <laughs> like home renovations? I'm also obsessed with Dancing with the Stars right now. Oh, I love that. Oh my God, Bindi, Bindi for the win. I love her love her so much um and i'm obsessed with my friends i'm obsessed with people i love to just people watch it's one of my favorite things to do and then travel i think i mean that's so many different things at the moment my major geek at the moment is dancing with the stars i'm absolutely obsessed with it so i guess that i uh i've started watching it uh um, well, I, I really started watching a couple seasons ago when the ice skaters were on because I'm really into sports, oh, like, into that yeah. weird sport yep, yep, world. Yep, yep, yep. So I was like, I'm going to watch this for ice skaters. And also yeah. she was phenomenal. She oh, deserved to win. Phenomenal. And then I was like, oh, I get why everyone's addicted to this TV show. Yes, that was the first season I watched it. I had a, a neighbor that was in her 90s. She used to come over all the time and she'd be like, she loved Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> so working on this show, I was like, she's called Millie. She's now passed away. Um I was like, Millie, let's get, I can get you tickets, let's go. So we got obsessed with it. And now she's passed the golden on to me and I'm obsessed. But I was the same way at first. I was like, nah, I'm not going to watch. Why would you? No, I don't get it. I don't get it. But I no, also like, I, um, I was in, I wouldn't say musical theater, but I was, I always wanted to be a singer. That was actually I my dream. I could see that. I could that was see my that. dream um, growing up. And then I realized that I, in high school, did not have the backbone to go oh, and no. also like singing is so much harder than anything I've ever oh, tried to do my in my gosh. life yeah. and I still love singing um, karaoke is like my go to <gasps> I always win karaoke because oh God, no one usually knows I can sing Oh yes! So I like roll what a great in secret talent to have. Yeah, I wish I had that. That's um, great. but yeah, like I always wanted to be a singer, and so I did a lot of like small musical musical theater. I was part of this group in my high school called like the Mercy Airs and all this stuff. Oh, oh my god! I love and it. I can't remember what my point was. I totally forgot. Did it get you into Dancing with the Stars? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes, uh, we had to do dancing as part of like our skits and oh. I remember being like I'm really bad at this oh it's so hard and you and just when you go and see people on Broadway or in the West End it's I mean they are athletes yes their bodies are they are machines. performing uh six days a week sometimes two days a week sometimes yeah. two shows a day yeah. of this two and a half hour long like rigorous dancing thing I mean I always like I love going to like the ballet and yeah. just like watching yeah. them be like like female ballet dancers. You don't think it because they're supposed to just be like elegant and beautiful are some of the most strongest. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like human beings on the planet. When you see what the human body is capable of, you yeah. go home and you go, okay, right, need to, <laughs> need to get it together. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, like I've always, I, I understand watching that TV show, how hard dancing is and how hard, right. not only are they still doing their careers, they're yeah. like, they're doing their careers and they're preparing sometimes two dances a yeah. week. Oh, I don't yeah. even know idea how that they do it. Oh, no idea. Well, and Jennifer Grey was on that show. And so whenever I see her, I'm just like now even more so, I'm so enamored by, by her because I went back and I watched her season. 
So sometimes I can't even look her in the eye if I just, if she flicks her hair or something, like, oh my God, <laughs> dancing. <laughs> you know, I have like, can you just dance for me? Yes. Just dance for me. Also, like, the, she would the pro- as well. She'd do the, it. The production level of that TV show is pretty phenomenal. Insane. Yeah, I went to go and watch one and I couldn't believe it. And it's all live. Yeah. It's on tonight. I'm so excited. Well, now we know what you're doing tonight. Well, yeah, that is whatever this airs whenever in the future. Whenever this airs. Whenever this airs. Uh, everyone watch Dancing with the Stars. It yeah. is an ABC there program. We go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know the next time I'm out here, I should be like, who can get me tickets? Oh, seriously? Yeah, I'll go with you. Oh, my God. You have to get all fabulously dressed up? Yes, yes. All the sparkles. <laughs> all the sparkles. I know. That's always the nice thing. Everyone in the audience is always like, like they're going to like a black tie event. I know. Yeah. Although I do... I potentially prefer watching it from home, honestly, because then you get all the right camera angles and you can shout at the telly rather than... Yeah. I just, like, love watching production because, you know, we do small videos in-house and they're pretty small production level. Sometimes we'll have, like, you know, multiple cameras or multiple people and, you know, we'll put together multiple episodes, like, series and stuff like that, but we're never anything of the level of, like, requiring a boom. Like, (laughs) like, like, you know, like, watching, like, so I went and watched and uh, I was at a live taping of uh, GMA when the Avengers were on. So they did it, like, outside in, like, Times Square. And they like sh- they brought me in, and they took me like upstairs to where they normally film because uh, everything was outside. And then they like took me downstairs, and they were like, "Don't get in this guy's way. Don't get in this guy's way. Don't get in this guy's. Watch this boom arm is gonna oh, come down." And I was just like, "Oh, this is terrifying." Actually. Terrifying, and anything that's live just is yeah. Even more but terrifying. they were like, "Our our hit points are eight o'clock, eight o six, eight thirteen, eight thirty five, and they was like, "Bam, bam, bam." I oh, was my gosh, magic. I'd melt. I'd melt. It was magic. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. I mean, even watching what you guys do, I think, is pretty interesting. Like how many people are on set? You know, you've got you've got your stu- your stand in so that like you guys can relax and you don't have to yeah. watch there as they get the camera and yeah. focus. And then like yeah. they're constantly moving like all the different cameras around. And then yeah. there's you know the director, and then there's the writers on set, and the producers, and then you've got hair and makeup, and so many people. And then catering. Yeah. Oh, the, the food's so important. Oh yeah, the food's so important. The food is important. I mean. Everybody on there is working. As the actors, you have the easiest gig, I always think, that the people are working solidly for 12 hours a day, 14 hours a day. It's, I mean, it is an endurance test, and everybody on that set is the best at what they do, and we couldn't do it without every single person on that huge stage. It's, it's a, it, is an amazing, it is amazing to just sit and watch and see them all. And now we're in our season three where... We're rocking and a rolling, you know. Everybody's working really well together, and um, yeah, it's really it's like a beautiful dance that I will never understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, for everyone at home who's listening to this next time, you guys have it ever have an opportunity to, to like walk by a set. Just notice, <gasps> yes. just notice how many people make make the who who watch the clock and watch the dollar and yeah. make sure everything is smooth sailing yeah and at the end of every episode see how many names are on um the credits at the end because it's it takes me by surprise every time yeah and i'm there (laughs) (laughs) your name is one of the first ones shown (laughs) you're like oh there's my name click yeah (laughs) screen capture (laughs) (laughs) well i think that's all my questions um i mean hopefully we'll have all of you lovely ladies back again on the yes, podcast. Come out and visit to. you, or you can come visit us in New York City. Hey, you never know. They write letters out. 
Yay. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Okay, this is Marvel, your universe. Thanks again to Chloe and Elizabeth for joining us. And make sure you do not miss the mid-season finale of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on Tuesday, December 8th at 9 p.m. Eastern on ABC. We'll see you guys next week. This is Marvel, your universe.